That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Cara Denisio. And I'm Dr. David Miller, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting it all together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of health care. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you need to know about. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. Dave here with my co-host, Michelle Pobega. What's up? Hey man, I'm uh, I'm excited to keep doing this with you, and I'm super excited to have our guest back on for round two because she's badass. She is, she is. Well, we have to introduce her. I was going to say she doesn't need an introduction, but we have to introduce her. It's Dr. Taylor Bean. Yay! Woo! Hi yeah. everyone. Hello. It's great to be back. Yes, uh, part two. Here, part two. Part deuce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. This we do primarily like talk about poop on this podcast. Not today though. <laughs> no i mean we might yeah we might might. i I mean apparently there's lots of covid in our poop there's lots of covid in their poop i think if they look at the um effluent yeah and there's there's a lot to be said about your microbiome apparently there's a lot of studies showing people's microbiome influences how the recovery is going to be to covid and stuff too i think i was reading some research paper headlines about that too so there's some some dabblings in there which is kind of dope Mm -hmm. yeah so we already, we've already talked about poop. It didn't take very long, did it? No, it's just like natural. It's like a reflex to me. It's just like, go. <laughs> okay, but we, we need to finish up our talk with Dr. Bean on uh, vaccinations, uh, mandates, differentiating so many important uh, linguistic terms. Mm. Yeah. Things yeah. have evolved, though, here in Canada since our last talk. Mm-hmm. Some things have things have escalated in some ways, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. Quebec has started to take some more extreme measures as a way to, I don't know if the punish the unvaccinated is the word, but they want to implement a health tax. I never thought I'd live in a country where that would be, that would happen where people would be discriminated and punished for a medical decision. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of like taken aback by recent developments. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, never would have saw, saw that a vax tax would come in. Um, you know, other countries have gone down this path. Singapore is one of them. Um, 
And I mean, they have had vac mandated vaccines already pre this, uh, but they've already taken those type of measures. So it is interesting to see um, Canada doing something similar um, as a result of that. So certainly it's not about um, being inclusive, uh, but more so exclusive of a certain demographic. So, um, which is hard to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could do you think there could be like here, here's the devil's advocate Dave coming in, but do you think there could be like a time where it would be something that you'd think is is um you know really, really advisable to have a mandatory uh vaccination for something? I will never agree with a mandate. Right. Just it's it's to me impossible to agree with something that does not allow you to fulfill informed consent and mm -hmm. um i do see it as um you mandate one you can start mandating others and yeah. it is just the beginning of man of the idea of mandating um and then becoming you know be it it shouldn't be difficult to get um uh be excluded from that but it does exemptions are close to impossible for people that which do require them mm -hmm. and uh, with a mandate you don't need exemptions obviously so because of you get a vaccine to protect you you are doing that for you you are you wanting that for that um, insurance policy to protect you now if you've had an adverse reaction um, if you have certain conditions that would, um, it may, that vaccine may pose more risk to you. Few people have that, but there are there. And so that is why we have, we do clinical trials to determine whom and why and, and what, what could happen, uh, to come up with that. And so that's where these, you know, vaccine inserts information will tell us this. Uh, we don't have a vaccine insert for any COVID vaccine yet. Um, it would come once phase three is completed, but it's not complete yet. So we are gathering that information. So regardless if we're done phase three, uh, a mandate I don't agree with and I, and I can't agree with on terms of informed consent. So, um, you know, there can be situations where it is um, more recommended, you know, that we were recommending this and this is why, and then parties can determine, well, perhaps I won't attend or do such thing as a result of not being vaccinated or, or so forth, so forth, but it still boils down to immunity. It still boils down to um, vaccinated or naturally acquired immunity. It, it's, that's what it boils down to. Does your body have antibodies to achieve immunity? The process is going to be through naturally acquired or artificial, which is through vaccination, stimulating it artificially to then create those antibodies so that when you are in front of that virus or bacteria, you are capable to, to deal with it faster. So either direction. So then we have to take it a step further is, okay, although you've been uh, vaccinated, do you have immunity? So we should have commercially available the testing to tell us that so that, okay, well, the whole end goal is immunity. Do you mm -hmm. or do you not have it? If you do or you do not. However you got it. However yeah. you got it, then we move forward with any kind of policy. So this is where, I mean, 
for all of us is like, well, we should be able to show immune status then, because if even though you've been vaccinated, you may have not achieved immunity. And that's an important piece for us to understand. And there's reasons why you haven't created immunity to the vaccine. Now, shortfalls then would be, well, because we don't have the testing to determine that immunity via vaccination, because this is even when we talked about last time, I believe when we talked about chickenpox, is you can, um, the, the status of having immunity on paper is based on naturally acquired chickenpox. Mm-hmm. And we're still using that information to say you have immunity, even if you've just been vaccinated. So, it, but it's still like, well, we're not sure completely though, based on this evidence, if you even have immunity or not through vaccination or not. So, because if it says that you don't have immunity on paper, but had the vaccine, maybe you do, but we don't, aren't using the parameters to tell us that well enough because there's certain uh, segments of the immune system we should be looking at um, to know that. But isn't immunity, Taylor, like isn't immunity a kind of uh, difficult thing in and of itself to sort of say you have immunity, even if we say, okay, you need this amount of titers or this T cell or whatever, put someone in the real world and then encountering that two people encounter that with very similar sort of immunity numbers they might one might get sick and one Mm. one might not right is this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right it's not black and white yeah yeah. there's a lot of nuances right to individual health which is why i agree with you that mandates should never be instilled because it doesn't take into account those nuances and neither does vaccinated versus natural immunity. There's still differences from person to person that should be accounted for are difficult to also account for. You can't test tube, isolate everything. Right. Because when you're, when you're, when you are requesting a mandate for vaccination, your whole, the objective is to reduce cases to therefore reduce people to go to the hospital, Mm -hmm. require their need. And so is a mandate going to reduce transmission? And that's a big question. And so we are seeing it doesn't look so when we mm-hmm. have from our news media outlets showing us that vaccinated have tested positive for this new strain. Well, mandate or not, you are still going to have transmission. So always to me, take it a step further. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a vaccine available. Okay. Now, can the can our population make antibodies? Number one. Number two, are they doing anything to sabotage their immune system to make antibodies? Yes. If they are, what are those things? So then number three, educate your population, your community of doing those things that could be harming their ability to make antibodies. And so that's a huge missing part. Mandate all you want. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean a, the person will make antibodies because they're not doing the right things as a result to be able to make antibodies. Cause people think again, black and white, I get a, an antigen from a vaccine. I make an antibody end of story. Do they even know that though? Like that's, I, I don't even know if we have uh, communicated that prop- properly to the average person. Like the way, the way I wonder, I don't, maybe I'm crazy, but I, I feel like people, I could be, but I, I feel like, people think like, oh, I get the vaccine. Now I'm protected. Like as if it's a, um, a unit, it's like a one magical force field. Right. Well, I want to, I want to dissect it just into the two parts that Taylor just talked about, which is because I always say the vaccine is great. It's a great stimulus. Like when they work, it's, it's amazing. I mean, 
vaccines can be amazing. They yeah. really are. Mm-hmm. But they depend on this second part, which I feel like gets no play at all. So it's not mm-hmm. like you get vaccinated and then, oh, as soon as the vaccine contents are in you, it's like they're like whirring around in your body and now you're immune. No, there's still something there's still something that has to happen. So the vaccine is is not the end point. It is like an instrument towards a secondary response of our damn magic immune system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that. I don't, I, maybe that sounds so, like, I know I'm sorry to the really, like, to people who really get this, like, deeply, but I think for, for a lot of people that, I don't know if that's really broken down. It is your response mm-hmm. to the vaccine, not the vaccine itself. Is, I mean, right. no, I think that's, I yeah. think you articulated that well. It's your body's ability to take that information and transform it into what a strong immune system is supposed to do versus just this vaccination being the golden ticket your body still needs to do steps a b c d e f g yeah exactly and so i mean when i when i'm working with patients it's like okay i do want you to understand that although we've done because i you know we'll do childhood vaccines for their kiddos that although we've done these vaccines i want you to know that that a um it's not 100 effective Mm -hmm. and it could lower symptoms is what it's so now your child has a minor cold versus a severe cold or pneumonia okay number two is it only will work to protect you against these things you're vaccinating against there are trillions of other things that your child can be um, right exposed to and still create and look like okay you have a cold or flu-like symptoms your child will still get sick so knowing that is well you should be still have all the other things there available to you or still do all the things to support your body rather than sabotaging your body because we can sabotage it our choices can actually number one make the vaccine less effective so therefore we're not making the antibodies that we should be able to so mm-hmm. that when we are exposed to that antigen in the wild we actually can't fight it very well because of our choices in sabotaging and suppressing our immune system. Like we didn't um, have a good sleep the night before right. or like, simple can we, stuff can we, like that? Let's, let's get into some of those things. Sure. What so, sabotages it? Cause I feel course. like that's important information. Yep. So sleep is can, number one, sleep. Absolutely. Um, number one. So if you're not getting to bed at a decent hour and not having a good sleep as well, so A, you can't get to sleep or B, you're not sleeping well, there are reasons for that. And there's multiple reasons for that. And that's what we as NDs will get into. But if, it, if you're not, then there's something there that needs to be fixed. So I always want my, my patients to be asleep by 11. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going to be up for five or six or seven, you know, therefore, I want seven seven hours, eight hours as an adult. Children is more than that. And so this is where we want to make sure that they're getting sound sleep and in bed for a good hour. So if it's 7.30 or 8, they need that sleep. So there is recovery that's happening. There's allowing of building those immune cells that you need to fight things off and Mm -hmm. to memorize. And so that's what sleep will aid in. So repair. Um, not drinking enough water. Some of these things are free that I'm going to talk about and they're easy. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> no, I feel- um, water people are dehydrated. So like get yourself a water bottle. This is a liter. And I know that I need to drink at least two and a half of these based on my body weight. So, and that's just 
not drinking coffee. If I drink coffee, I drink more. If I exercise, I drink more. If I drink alcohol and so forth. You want strong, um, supple mucous membranes is what you want. Supple. I, br- I was supple. just going to comment on the word supple, Dave. Like you and I are just so ridiculous. Such a good <laughs> word. Sorry. As all of us, like have just recently taken a sip of water. We're such good yes. naturopaths. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do what I preach, you know? Yes. So, yeah, but you guys yeah. do, how do you feel when you tell people, like, I feel silly when I tell people to drink water. I'm like, I, I feel like, oh my God, I'm overcharging to tell you to drink water. And then I'm like, well, I, it's so damn important and it's so overlooked. You're not overcharging if it is going to steer the course of action for their health and they're not doing it. Cause some people I know need what to I be, mean though, but you know what I mean? Like I, I just, it's wild that people come in constipated. Yes. And drink one cup of water every day and yeah. don't know why they're constipated. And it's not just going to magically change overnight. Your body has to relearn yeah. how to navigate all that water in your body. It's, it's, it's so interesting. And people are like, well, I drink so like simple. Three, three coffees and I drink a couple of juices. So like I'm hydrating. I'm like, that's not no. Right. Well, that's where we as Indies can get into the nuances yeah. of what does hydration mean? Yeah. Why do you need to drink water? How much water should you be drinking? I mean, I want, I want really robust mucous membranes. Water is going to help me with that. So I, when I breathe in viruses and bacteria that are surrounding me, I want my immune system within my mucous membranes to capture, neutralize, poop it out. But I need the same reason why we have humidifiers in the winter time to help keep those mucous membranes moisturized. Moist. Moist. So we want things moist. I want you to drink water. So that's number two. Okay. Uh, number three could be, uh, well, alcohol. So, which everyone has access to no matter what, and we are drinking more of it. Um, so that A, dehydrating, B, oxidative damage, and sugar content, all these things are going Group to one be- carcinogen, if you want to add to the list. <laughs> Heard on the liver. Um, and so these things hurt on the mitochondria as well. If you want to get into cell, cell, oh, snow's falling, sorry, off our roof. Um, so if you want to get into that piece too, mitochondria, energy, ATP, yeah. all that importance there. So all it's all these, these the domino effect of doing these things mm-hmm. can happen. Um, so alcohol. Now, sugar, sugar in itself. Um, can suppress our natural killer cells. So one teaspoon suppresses them for about four hours. So refined sugar. So this is where we see, okay, so when does winter start-ish? October. So October, we have end of October, Halloween. So then we bulk up on Halloween candies and we roll over into Thanksgiving. And then we're, we're, now Christmas is coming. So the whole month of of December, it seems like, well, let's get the baked goods going and it's they're around the yeah. house and so forth. You're eating spill over to January. We're like, I don't really want to throw it away yet. I'm going <laughs> to eat it still. So it is like a continuum from October to January where you aren't eating. So you're not eating well, maybe not exercising. Well, you're not getting outside and you're not getting sunlight. There is some really good components here yeah. to allow you to be susceptible to infections and all of those components can be sabotaging you from not building good antibodies to the antigen from the vaccine so vitamin d incredibly important 
um, getting into the vitamins, which will be in the good foods that you may or may not be eating, but this is where your vitamin A, your beta carotene, your vitamin C, your zinc, your selenium. These are all aspects that which have have reason the reasons why these are important is because of certain mechanisms i mean vitamin a for example helps with interferon what is interferon well when you get a virus into a cell the cell's like oh my goodness i have a, I have a virus in here it spews off interferon which then is going to tell surrounding cells oh there's a virus in there oh my goodness i am ready when you enter me so then the virus enters surrounding cells and like we got you we knew mm-hmm. you were there. Interferon is this communication that's happening from already a cell that has, has that virus in it. Vitamin A helps with that process. Mm. This is why we love vitamin A. Can you convert beta carotene to vitamin A? Question mark. This is where genetics comes in. So this is what some people have a decreased ability to do that. So this is why we go to vitamin A. Cod liver oil is awesome for that. Mm. So grandma, great grandma, who did cod liver oil every morning. My dad used to make us have it, cod liver oil in the winter. Vitamin A and vitamin D, y'all. I know, it's ahead of its time, eh? Those cod liver oils. It's two for one So ahead of their time and they had no idea. You know, they could be new, but then maybe they couldn't articulate really new or didn't have a research paper to be like, here, this is why. No, but man, it's so important. So these vitamins, the lack thereof, can affect your ability to fight things off. Mm-hmm. And so this is why when we talk about these vitamins, there's reasons behind why we, we talk about these things because there's yep. going to be lack of sunlight and the human, so the, so Health Canada increased their recommended daily allowance to 2,500 IUs from 1,000 because the data- Only is, took a quarter of a century. Oh my goodness, so old. The data's so old. <laughs> it's just like- It's remarkable. Glacial pace, guys. Glacial pace. (laughs) Like, did you dust off? You dust off all the dust, and you're like, all right, we should probably check out the vitamin D here. We haven't looked at this since the beginning of time. So, yeah. So now we can get bottles of vitamin D. There's one company out there that now sells it at 2,500 IUs per drop. There's oh, yeah. a, there's a few companies that are doing that in Canada now, not simply per drop, but even encapsulated, they have it standardized oh, to that too. I think, I think Cytomatrix is one. Cytomatrix. Well, I'm thinking of Cytomatrix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then. Ta da. Yeah. 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 Great Cytomatrix. Thank you Yay. for supporting our podcast. Yes, thank you. Well, they have um, one of the best vitamin A products. I am yeah, uh, the Aces, the active Aces plus the, the Cyto A. No, the Cyto A. Oh. Vitamin A and drops. Mm. Love. That's look cool. at that organic plug. I like. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't have asked for a better it's thing awesome. like i i yeah. have no affiliation but that's who i use i love and they've, their product they've yeah. upped their game on their quality of vitamin a too which i think has been a game changer for a lot of people who have that genetic hiccup with conversion so right. i'm it's it's awesome i would also just advise people to try to get their vitamin d levels tested so that you know how you have to manage your vitamin d from a dosage perspective it comes out of pocket whether it's through a naturopath or yeah. through a medical doctor so yeah. Are you Just, testing it, Taylor? Like around vaccinating kiddos? Are you testing vitamin D? I would love to. Uh, the aspect of blood draws on children yeah. is the. Um, it's a bit of a deterrent. Yeah. Yes, and um, I would love to. It's sixty-five dollars here in Canada. Well, in BC, sorry, sixty-five. To, sixty-five to test twenty-five hydroxy. Uh, everything's, everything's more expensive there. <laughs> 
<laughs> How much is yours? It's like 37. 30. Oh, come on. Yeah. And if I want to do 125 hydroxy, it's $95. Yeah, that one's more ours, expensive. Ours here. is more, I can't remember because I almost never run that one, but yeah. only for certain situations. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to $65, I mean, it's like, mm-hmm, yeah. You know? So it's like when okay, a lot of the easy ones, like you were talking about, like just hydration, sleep, like, mm-hmm. again, I'm going to reiterate, I, I, I repeat this stuff to my patients all the time too. Like there's so Same. many basic, simple, foundational, yep. borderline damn free stuff that you can do to optimize your vaccination or optimize your immune system in general. I was literally talking to someone and they were just like, people will sometimes it's like, they'll be willing to spend $500 on supplements, but they still just won't drink their water or do like Mm -hmm. basic Mm -hmm. fundamental, like you said, Dave, relatively free or low cost, Mm -hmm. good habits. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people first visits, I was like, none of these supplements are going to do a damn thing. If you don't make strategic lifestyle and dietary changes. And I said, that's it. We start with that. And then we build. Cause I was like, that's foundational. That's going to sustain you. Otherwise none of this stuff is going to make a mark. Totally. Totally. <laughs> well, um, you know, and go to gut health. Yeah. So let's do it. Gut health. Um, so, I mean, you guys are the king and queen in, in the gut health region. Um, I work for a, um, stool company myself. And so that's just sort of leveled up my understanding around, key species within our digestive tract, their roles that which they play and why it's important because they test for it and then I get to learn about it. So short chain fatty acids, propraninate, for example, plays a key role in T cell uh, differentiation. So we've got, so for those that don't know, when you eat, when you eat, you are feeding good bacteria in the gut. They want to be fed. They're live, they're living organisms and they want to eat complex carbohydrates. That's what they want to eat because those foods contain prebiotics. So they're going to eat the food and then they're going to create what's called short chain fatty acids. So we know butyrate, propaninate, and acetate are three main short chain fatty acids. That's important. Lactate will also be produced. And all these things have important roles in maintaining a healthy microbiome. What's interesting then is, of course, we get into the conversation around keto, carnivore um, eating, which is high, heavy meat and fat. Now, yes, you can be in ketosis. uh, Brain function is great. You're feeling really good. But we need to go to the microbiome and see what's happening there. Your microbiome does not want to ferment protein. And when it does, when you ask it to ferment protein, it can kind of make short chain fatty acids, but then we get to have high amounts of ammonia, sulfides, amines that are toxins, right. That come from that. And so that is something to be really aware of is when we talk about microbiome and the importance of you cognitively might be feeling really good, but your microbiome is suffering and your kidney will be too. Probably sure. and your kidneys will be suffering and your poor too. liver from all that filtration after. Right. So all of these things, so it's important for people to know, cause like, oh, I'm going to do keto and, and I'm like, okay, but let's, let's back it up. I just want to understand that this process, this is how it happens. And your microbiome does not want to ferment mm-hmm. fat nor protein. And what's another interesting, there is a uh, bacteria bilophila Wadsworthiae that loves to eat fat. And it's so rolled off your tongue. Congratulations. <laughs> It didn't in the beginning, but it's now like, it does. Boom. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Loves to eat yes. fat, but loves that was a, fat. that was that was a good. Right. 
and it, and, it, and it, so that's what it eats. So it, it's feeding off of that and it's inflammatory. Mm. So you're feeding it constantly. So when I do these reports, it's like, oh, there's bilophilo, it's worth the What's your diet like? And so it looks, and, the, and what's great about the test is it looks at sacrolytic fermentation, carbohydrate fermentation, and proteolytic fermentation. And I can see in terms of, okay, it seems that you're eating a lot of, in a direction that your microbiome isn't really happy about. And let's go back to feeding your microbiome really well because of the things that it does. And immunity is one of them. Big part. Mm. So that's where it boils down to gut health, immunity in this segment, in terms of what you're eating, what you're eating affects your microbiome, thus can affect your immune status. And so when I breathe stuff in, because that's the route of entry, what's going on in my gut? And so if I've got well, if I have overgrowth of gram-negative bacteria, which love to release LPS, lipopolysaccharides, I've got massive inflammation going on. That's not good, which should mm-hmm. be addressed. So as I, now I'm more susceptible to these problems because I'm not addressing my gut. And that could be your one thing that you just need to address. And there's a really good reasons why. So did we lose Dave? I don't know what happened to him. Oh no. He's done with us. Peace out guys. I'm leaving it to the lady. The the girls can handle it from here. (laughs) Oh, no doubt. But anyways, maybe he'll be back. But, um, I mean, gut health is just so, and you guys talk about all the time. So this is another part of, you know, even shortfalls for vaccination. I mean, even some of the oral vaccines, you know, can they work as well if you have issues digestively? And um, although most are through the arm, there are some that are through the mouth. Um, So yeah, so that's going to be a piece. I shared with you guys before we began recording how there has been research and I, I, it's been a, a good two months probably since I saw this particular grab or, um, medical journal article about how they're looking at the microbiome and its effect on recovery from COVID and how it it plays a really big role in people's recovery because our immune system is so dependent on that microbiome. And that was part of the research. There's literally research happening on this. So, you know, Taylor's not just like putting things out there for the sake of putting things out there. I mean, our immune system, we've known for a long time, our immune system is heavily reliant on our microbiome, but now there's specifically studies based on the current climate of how things are Mm -hmm. that are done with regards to people's recovery from COVID and the impact your gut bacteria have. And if you have the wrong guys, like, this is what I say, we're more microbes than we are human cells. Mm -hmm. And if you have the wrong people driving the bus, you're going to (laughs) crash. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, people need to be aware of that. And I mean, if you're having gut issues, then, you know, speak with someone and work with someone that knows what they're doing to fix it. Um, yeah. Because sometimes just taking a, pro- sometimes taking a probiotic may help you. Sometimes it's not. Why is it not helping you? Or even you're responding and you're having adverse reactions to a probiotic could be, tell us some things. Um, from there, I mean, inflammation those that are really inflamed. So um, yeah, dealing with inflammation. So if you come into things inflamed, so when we talk about, you know, our weight status, so if we talk about obesity, Mm. um, the the food choices there might be contributing to inflammation. Um, You're having more adipose tissue, 
Um, so there's inflammation associated with that. There could be comorbid problems there that have developed. And so all of these things then are going to affect your ability to make antibodies naturally, but also to a vaccine because you don't have uh, the immune cells there to, to make antibodies, A, fight, but B, to make antibodies as a result of that. So the, that then therefore leads to a shortfall of, of vaccination is that inflammation, that inflammatory piece for you. So, um, I mean, this is when I do these consults. I mean, if we can improve vitality and improve your overall health before you go into having a vaccine, we're wanting more longevity of antibodies. I a, want you to reach a threshold of, of, of being having immunity because you can make antibodies, but if you don't make very many, you're, you're not at that threshold of when you do sit in your environment that you'll be protected. And this is where is it why, you know, those that have been vaccinated are, are getting sick. I think, well, it's just because you are going to get sick but the level of sickness we want is to be less. So you've created those antibodies, you have that insurance, kind of get sick, okay, but then you get over it. And that's what happens with a lot of other vaccines. Um, even though you've had the, had the vaccine, you, you contract it because you've breathed it in. And then what happens next is really important. And so um, all of these pieces anyways can play into um, vaccine efficacy. So mm -hmm. it's good to have you back, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, where did he go? <laughs> Technical difficulties. My God, again. <laughs> oh, good. You're here. And that's what matters. Uh, <laughs> but we did. Yeah. Cause we just talked about obviously the um, poop and gut piece, but. Um, and uh, leading to inflammation and stuff. Inflammation. Yeah. So um, important. Stress, you know, uh. anxiousness and, and this weirdness we are probably one of the most stressful times in our lives because be it um, you don't want to go to work, can't go to work, um, financially struggling more than ever before. Um, kids aren't going to school, can't go to school. They have to stay home. You can't go to work. Um, and so the, the, now there's that piece that will create, you know, anxiety, but then there's the fear driven aspect as well and just know that like physiologically speaking your body cannot uh differentiate why there is uh an anxiousness or something that has created anxiety in you so mm -hmm. if i see a bear or a lion i'm going to create high amounts of cortisol and adrenaline so i can get away from the bear but if i am standing there either having an altercation with someone or if i'm in the car and i'm late for work or something, it's the same reaction that's going to be happening. My body doesn't yeah. know the difference. It's just something is making me like anxious from that. And so um, historically speaking, the human body was built to, um, it's, a, it's a protective mechanism. So in terms of, of seeing a bear or a lion, I have adrenaline throwing, going through my bloodstream, higher cortisol levels, so that I can now burst away and run away. And I have that burst of energy to, to get away from my threat. Now I've used it up. I've ran or mm -hmm. climbed a tree or whatever I've done. Now in the other situations, you just sift, you sit there and you waft in the adrenaline and you're just sitting there and your heart is pounding, whatever it is. And your body's like, holy Toledo, like, can you go for a run? Like, can we use this up? But you don't. 
and you sit there and then maybe it happens again during the day and then again. And so the body just, it, and it's an immune suppressant as well, because we're going to shut things off, get away from the threat, mm -hmm. and then we'll come back to like, we you're are not worried about a pathogen at the time that you're running from a tiger. No, your body's trying to prioritize you right. staying alive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's where um, I think that's important for people to understand. And so what do you do about it, right? I mean, this is, can we, you know, this is why we moments of meditation or doing yin yoga within your day is, is making sure that at least you get into that parasympathetic rest and digest mode or your um, when you're having dinner, let's not eat in front of the television. Let's eat at the dinner table. Let's mm -hmm. allow for time of peace when we're eating. So there's just at least when we're eating, it's peaceful because if you're, maybe you're watching a TV show that's just gets your heart rate going mm -hmm. or you're watching the news and that gets your heart rate going. Turn off the news. Turn off the news. Most of the day anyways. Oh. <laughs> Hot tip. <Yeah>, right. <laughs> Right, because this isn't going to be doing you any favors. No, you already no. know what you know. We already know know what's occurring without even turning the news on. Totally. Give your body a break. Bring back that family action. dinner, man. Turn off your phone. Leave it in a different room. Right. Bring back families. Yes. Bring back conversations. Bring back conversation. Eye contact. Yes. Know. How was your day? Tell me about it. I mean, <laughs> thankfully, my husband has those things like embedded in his DNA. Dinner time is family time. I like that. that is what happens. That is just sacred in our house. And we sit and we eat and no elbows on the table and like all these little things, just cute. You know, my, my six and seven year old are like, Oh, elbows. Okay. <laughs> uh, fork and knife, you know, like, okay, we're treat manners, but it's just the fact that we're sitting and talking and it's dinner time. And so yeah. it is just, how was your day? Tell me your day. And that breeds even for the kiddos, just in a time to just like reflect, talk about something that bothered them. We talk about it as a family because that's a time when we're gathered and you think it's simple. You're like, ugh, whatever. No, it really, really is important. Mm -hmm. um, and when you do it, you realize, and that's, so then you are also digesting your food. So your microbiome can eat it. And all the good things are happening because you're sitting and you're consciously aware of, oh, there's my food. I need to chew. Okay. Versus like in front of the television. Mm. So anxiety is a big piece um, of, of suppressing the immune system. And so even if you go to like Medscape and you look at like what suppresses the immune system, they talk about it. Um, what else can be there? Actually, the lack of as those in couples the lack of intercourse, um, having sex is a good thing. Get it and on people. Get it on. Right. This You're going to hear first <laughs> <laughs> Thursday, you know, Friday, you know, do your thing. It's actually really, it is, uh, good for you at that point. I mean, it's just, it, yes, is that connection. Um, but, um, it is, it's a part of it. The lack thereof, not that, you know, the lack of thereof means you're going to have suppressed immune system. No, it is about another action you can do to help your immune system. All the other things that we said are, are just as good, if not better too, but this is just another slice of it as well. So I wish we had a button um, where you can just channel a Barry White song for that. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. So good. Um, Oh, so, last okay. one, I guess, I don't think I talked about was exercise, exercise, yeah. 
Um, muscle mass, that's what's important um, is muscle. So all while getting on a treadmill and running uh, for 45 minutes, great. You got your heart rate going, lymphatic is movement, great, but it is muscle mass. So this is where, you know, lift, lift heavy, lift. 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 I feel like this is where it's, it's been very counterproductive. Mm. Some of the measures that have been put into place throughout the last two years is the shutting of gyms and also the stay inside and stay home orders where people are now not going outside, not getting fresh air, not moving their body, not getting sunshine. Yeah. And it breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And this is and like, the- you know, an unbeknownst to some of the listeners is um, we get into, so you're in your home and, uh, all your windows are closed and everything is airtight. What if you live in a home with mold? Mm. So, and people are like oh, mold, like mold's not a problem. Like, what is, what do you mean? Like black mold? Yeah, it is. Like, oh like, my God. Yeah. Holy smokes. It's a beast. It's a beast. Mold is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, that is not, it's not good. So yes, open your windows, but more importantly, get out of the house please get out and walk around. Um, being inside your home all day long may not be in your best interest. Um, but yeah, the exercise piece and the, yeah, I mean, we're all shaking our head at this because having access to a gym is essential. It is essential for your body. It is essential for your mental health. These are the things that are going to keep you thriving so when the day comes that you contract an infection, you have a better chance of dealing with it. This is how this works. And so this is the domino effect. If you're sitting home, inside, getting takeout, you are, are going to be more susceptible to having issues when you contract an infection. And COVID aside, anything, yeah. anything mm-hmm. that you can contract. Any yeah. health um, challenge, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is where um, it's been a collective weakening of the immune system for yeah. all things that goes across the board <laughs> the last two years. Oh yeah. And I just, what would you do with it? I mean, what do you do about the gyms though? Like that's a tough one. Like I understand we want, we want people to be able to go, but what, what is a, like a real viable solution there? Like I, I thought about the idea, like where people make their own choices. Like if you want to go to the gym and you accept the risk of increased infection or whatever, but you're also building yourself up at the same time. Like, I don't know. How do you, how do you even, how would you even manage that gym thing? I think it's, well, I think a lot of them had like scheduled times. You'd have to schedule a time to go in and they only allotted a certain amount of people working out at a certain amount of time. So you actually had to schedule yourself in for like one hour sessions. I think that was how they were regulating it at one point, whether or not that was thrown out the window come summer. And it was more like coming out of the winter. That was the strategy, but I know there were things like that happening, which is kind of good. Cause then you're held accountable. You sign up for your appointment. You feel like you have to be responsible for it. And then it's going to hold you accountable to actually go use that appointment, which is kind of maybe half brilliant in a way. And the, <laughs> and the financial side kicks in though, too. Like, yeah. so I'm like, how are these gyms supposed to be viable? Right. Right. And I mean, how's any business going to be viable at this point in time? Like we've it's it's just been ridiculous, but yeah. I mean, what should be implemented in the government actually should be paying for is top-notch air filters, <clears throat> top-notch air filters. Yeah. There are yeah. good, like not just your $40 HEPA filter. No, we're talking really good. And gotta- that is how you're going to capture viral content within mm-hmm. your air. You we will got, capture it. And we then, got an air doctor. Do you guys yeah, have any yeah, ones yeah. at your house? Um, I'm going to be getting, um, 
the pure air um he's pure air pure water he's in the mm. states uh, i'm gonna be getting mm. one from him he was at a, an, a lime conference and so just showing even that he nice. could capture mycotoxins yeah it's not cheap but yeah. it's, i'm going to i'm actually doing a um, assessment of my house right now for radon oh. because we're on a well and so i'm finding high amounts of radon which is actually not good for your lungs so um then i you can get from him specific air filters which need that are tailored to your home or your building as a result hmm. of what you've detected so you cool. can build it um to what you need so i need something for radon i was um, on the fence between an air doctor and surgically clean air i know you know, that one's expensive and it also has like a uv filter addition to it but it was like a, a big significant jump from this to yeah. the air doctor and i was like i don't need to have like sterile air in the home because i also think right. we're supposed to have a certain level of like symbiosis with microbes and right. we open okay. the windows and all those things but we still got one just for the sake of in case of any molds and stuff like that because this one yeah. does filter a small micro size oh right right on yeah, yeah. It has carbon one, filter too he it also releases hydrogen Mm. And so, cause knowing hydrogen can also be something that can help with maintaining levels of viral particles as well. So, nice. um, Dave, do you have an air filter? No, no, mm. no. Does the I'm clinic, just, uh, I don't, I don't think they set that up. <clears throat> Clinic's amazing that I work mm -hmm. at. I just don't know if that was part of the, the setup. I know, um, in hospitals in, uh, something about positive airflow too, right? Just like, yeah. Airflow in, I know airflow in hospitals in uh, like Holland has, they've done this for a long time, the design of, so it's just like air goes out. Like mm. there's no, so cool. There's no, nothing sticking around very long right. and they have, yeah. yeah, they have better stats for whatever this was, but I mean, I'm going off on a tangent. But no air quality is part of, I mean, that air, I think in terms of gyms, it would be a way right. to manage this because the idea is of course you're breathing more in and out, in and out, in and out. I mean, yeah. really it would be. A, your immune status, or B, you know, if you want to implement a rapid test and you're coming in, you know, you're good and off we go. And so that's, then, you know, that like, those are the checks and balances there. If you really want to take it to that level. Yeah. Right. But it's, again, it's the same concept of like, with nothing's perfect. You got to do the right. best you can. There's some risk involved. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like that's sort of been, everyone wants everything a hundred percent safe. And, and I think that's unrealistic. I yes. think, I think yeah. that since the dawn of time, we live with viruses and there's a lot to be shown that they've helped us evolve as a human species. And I think we need to find a way to strengthen our terrain mm -hmm. so that our relationship with microbes is yep. a healthier one, yep. regardless of what the virus or microbe is. Even right. on a bigger sense. So I just think we have an unhealthy relationship with like risk. Yeah. Right. Just yep. come on guys. Like anything can happen. Any. I can step out my front door and be at risk. Exactly. Just right. that alone. It's just, so that's where the empowerment pieces should be coming in. Yeah. Because then you have a sense of hope and understanding of like, okay, well, um, I could take more accountability yeah. for my own health, knowing that my choices are sabotaging my immune system and mm -hmm. knowing that then you move forward knowing, okay, well, if I'm going to have that brownie tonight, I'm going to be suppressing my immune system. I mean, you know, although you, you know, be it and, 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 and things that you're doing, you know, like, okay, if you have a brownie, that's not going to be the be all end all. No, it is the, the collection of all of your choices together. Yeah. 
And so at least you know then what those things can be, what you should be doing or not doing can reflect how your immune system behaves and how strong it is. And so that is a huge missing component in all of this because Agreed. we just feel like there's one thing we can do and that's it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So the free things just to go over quick for the list is sleep, hydration, reduced sugar content, watching your alcohol intake, exercise, mm-hmm. sunlight, vitamin D, specific nutrients and vitamins, mm-hmm. get out, get outside, move your body, drink water, eat well, like really good and stuff calm, yeah. and calming your nervous system, finding ways to just have a moment of pause, yep. even if it's two minutes of belly breathing and that's all you got time for. Yep. And if you did all those things before you got a vaccination, it would probably make the vaccinations intended uh, outcome better, right? Just to wrap it all together. Exactly. That is the, that is, that's vaccine optimization. To me, that's vaccine optimization Mm -hmm. um, that we need to talk about. So um, I'm glad we're able to www.vaccineoptimization.com. Yes. Yes. So that is the website, www.vaccineoptimization.com. And uh, I talk about that actually in webinar seven, I talk about, cause there are eight webinars that are on there and webinar seven talks about optimization. It's, it's more geared around children because I'm more talking about children vaccines, um, but it applies to everybody and mm-hmm. gut health is a big one that I talk about and why. And so, because I think when you really understand why, then you're more probably keen to do something versus me just saying, yeah, take care of your mm-hmm. gut. Eat well, mm-hmm. about exactly. so forth. Like, oh, I see pictures, I see data, I see, yeah. So yeah. Okay, Dr. Bean, you got to touch on a couple of big things. Okay. Towards the as we as we sort of wind things down a little bit here. We got to talk about diagnostic overshadowing and the blame game. Cause I mm. I posted that we're gonna talk about them. So we have to talk about yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna talk about diagnostic overshadowing first. So this is a term um, that uh, Dr. Erica Pearson taught me. So she's a um, a naturopathic doctor in the States. Uh, She owns the Pearson Institute. She works with children with uh, cerebral palsy and Down syndrome. And within her work, talking about diagnostic overshadowing is when you have a child in front of you that has Down syndrome, um, maybe they have constipation, maybe they don't sleep well. Um, maybe, you know, there's perhaps there's seizures, uh, perhaps there's eczema. And so what happens though, is because they've been diagnosed with down syndrome, it's just like, well, the eczema is because they have down syndrome. Well, the constipation is because they have down syndrome and no, you have a human in front of you that while they may have down syndrome has constipation. So let's treat and help and fix the constipation. Um, it is not because they have Down syndrome, it is because they have a human that isn't pooping well. So mm-hmm. let's work on that. Mm-hmm. So that I, I've already, you know, knowing that because I work with children with, with autism whom have, aren't sleeping well, um, are in pain. And so it's not because they have autism that they have these things. They're a child in front of me that aren't feeling very well. So let's work in optimizing their health. So then we take that forward now in terms of COVID. So now I have patients in front of me whom um, have a cough, they're not feeling well. And so they've got tested for COVID and it was negative. And so to me, to my patient, we'll ask, well, what else did you get tested for? Hmm. Well, nothing. What do you mean nothing? You went in to get tested. What else did the swab tell, tell you? Anything else that they tested? You've got a cough and phlegm and a sore throat and a fever, what else? Well, nothing. 
Okay, so now we are going to assume everyone that who has a cough and phlegm has COVID. And so therefore we are not going to do our job in determining the cause anymore and just say, well, it's, it's that, I don't know what it is. Well, then, then you have the means to figure it out though. And that's the frustrating part is this diagnostic overshadowing. It's like, well, everyone's just got, it's just COVID is, is what everyone has. And so it could be frankly a bacterial infection, but they didn't give you antibiotics because they just didn't know what you had and sent you home. And so now we're having mismanagement as a result. And this part I am seeing, I've already seen it. And now I'm seeing it in this fashion because it's like, well, you're already in there and they could have tested you. Now, we already know, if you didn't know, listening, that um, we have the family called Coronaviridae. And of that family, we have coronavirus species. So we're dealing with SARS-CoV-2 and it has mutated. Well, pre that, we have had other strains of coronaviruses that have always been known to cause the common cold. They're over here. Adenoviruses, rhinoviruses, I think commonly cause the cold. They're their own slice of information. And so we can know that you can be detected with those other coronavirus species, but that's not COVID, which is over here. Mm -hmm happens to be under the umbrella term of the same family. It's like, well, my family, there's me and then my mother and father and then distant aunt. Well, we're part of the same family, but they're totally different. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the same concept here. And so right. this is where now I think that we should be doing our due diligence always is knowing the cause of the issue so we can more appropriately treat you. And mm -hmm. if it's a bacterial infection, then it's a bacterial infection and call it what it is, but don't just step in and say automatically, well, you have COVID. You just have must have COVID. Or if you don't uh, have COVID, just not just bother doing anything else after. <laughs> bye. See you mm -hmm. and be well. No, uh-uh. Not a chance because I have patients who are testing for COVID and they're like, it's not COVID, it's not COVID. I'm like, okay, it's not COVID. So What's we're going to, let's, let's figure out what, why you have, you have bronchitis. Okay. So perhaps we can get a sputum culture. Can we get a swab done? Mm. You went in to do the swab. So what else did that swab tell you? Did they tick anything else off? or stick something else in your mouth to swab. So this is this is the diagnostic overshadowing. Same idea as if you have bloat and constipation, they're like, well, you automatically, you must have SIBO. I mean, that must be what it is. And so then we miss the mark. Maybe it is SIBO, but maybe you have a, um, you know, a growth, maybe, a, you know, that's happening. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're just dehydrated. Maybe you're dehydrated. <laughs> totally. Um, so that's where, I mean, this is, I think this needs to be, uh, we need to draw attention to this because yeah. the mismanagement that's happening with patients as a result. And so we are all thinking, well, it just must be COVID, but we were well, living in a slew of other things. It's like that when you have a hammer, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. yeah, we're just ready for COVID. We're so, right. we're so like laser focused on this one thing that everything else has fallen to the cracks and it's not yeah. fair to the, to, to everyone's health to have everything else fall through the cracks. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm glad of, that you brought that up. So I appreciate you bringing this. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool concept to, to be aware of. Um, 
And speaking of uh, being not fair, let's talk about the blame game. Yes. As we collectively took a brief breath. Deep breath. (laughs) Because I I suppose it just must be human nature um, to not take accountability and just, just want to point your fingers at someone else that it's their fault as to why you feel the way you do. And so we started this conversation of, of talking about all the things that can suppress your immune system. And we did that on purpose so that you realize that the things that your choices can affect your outcome of things. And so, because while you are vaccinated, you can still get sick and the level of sickness may actually depend on your choices and has nothing to do with anybody around you. And actually it's up to you. You need to start taking accountability for your health. And so these are the things that you start doing so that when you get sick, be it you're around someone that was sick and it may not have been COVID actually, you might've caught something else. You can't be like, well, it's because of this person. This person was sick and this is why I feel like this. And this is why I have a cough. And this is why, what you, 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 you you have to start taking accountability for yourself. And if you decide to drink the pop and you're eating out all the time and you're not getting outside and walking, you are leaving yourself susceptible to having poor outcomes when you contract anything out there. Because if you're gonna live on planet earth, sickness happens. This Mm -hmm. is part of, we have a symbiotic relationship with these pathogens, we do. Some of them are actually a positive for us, when they get out of hand, they're not positive anymore, but mm-hmm. it's our immune system and that, that is going to be our army to help us. And so you need to take really good care of it, um, treat it with more respect so that it can help you in those times of need. So, yeah. That's how Boom. <laughs> because it's just, it's, 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 you know, it's 2022. Let's, let's take accountability um, because Vaccines have shortfalls. Vaccines are not 100% effective. We know that. So knowing that while you have a vaccine to help you make antibodies so that when you see the infection to help protect you, if you are going to do things that sabotage you, the vaccine is not going to work as well. Now what? Mm-hmm. Now you're sick. So mm-hmm. there's, it's no one's fault, actually, but yours when you decide to do the things that hurt your immune system, period. And you said something in our first, our first session where it's also the vaccine protects you and you alone. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nothing. That is the anybody, el- any, anybody else's choices right. are, 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 are non-factor when it comes to the vaccine protecting right. you, right. your body, your train, how you treat yourself and your choice to take that or get a natural immunity is just, it's all you and you yes. alone. The primary objective of getting a vaccine, the primary objective so that when you get a vaccine, you make antibodies so that when you see the infection, you have a better army to deal with it when you breathe it in, that you have a better ability to deal with it. What all those people out there decided to do or not do, you can't point blame at them whatsoever. It's you, it's singular. And so so of course people are gonna say, well, if you get vaccinated, then you're not gonna have so much viral load to spread. Okay, well, me sitting on the side of the screen is not going to affect whatever I do in my home and myself doesn't affect you at all or the person beside you because it's short 
lived, the person that you're beside, and then you are going, because it can just be in the air. It's just aerosolized in the air that you breathed in. And it could have came from someone who's vaccinated, whom couldn't make antibodies very well, and then coughing and breathing and whatnot. And you happen to be in their space. Yeah, I contracted it from a line of vaccinated people, for sure. At least two. Right. And you're not, and the thing is, is that then I would say to you, Dave, well, you can't, well, it's not their fault, right? Because you could say, well, it's Never. their fault. <clears throat> I'm sick. That's why I'm sick. It's their fault and so forth and so forth. And blame, 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 blame. Virus has no. one job, Taylor. Right. Got and, but one you're job. not blaming them because you're wise. And you're like, no, I got sick because that's just the nature of being a human on this planet is I'm going to contract things. And then you're like, all right, here we go. It's yeah. my, I need to deal with this. I need better help my body. And I, when I'm sick, I better not be eating all the refined sugar because, well, that would be a bad idea. Yeah. And so this is even when you get into like the nuances of when you go to the hospital and the food choices that they uh, give you there. Holy Toledo. Um, can't, yeah. I can't, it's, it's wild. We'll not go there. We'll Whoa. not go there. I mean, one place I, <laughs> one place I would like to go is because I don't think we've, um, adjust the idea of what people are going to say. I'm sure when you, when they hear what you're saying here, mm -hmm. when it's about you, they're going to talk about herd immunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what, right. what, do, what do you, what do you say to the people that think you have to do your, your job for the herd? Right. And so herd immunity is a difficult one to even go into because it is a, an idea is what it is. It's a, theory is what it is. And the idea of it is certainly that um, if we all have got vaccinated and we all have antibodies, we all have made um, good immunity to that antigen in the vaccine, then when someone walk, waltzes in uh, that's, you know, coughing in, on us, then we won't, we'll be able to deal with it faster as a result. So then the person over there who couldn't get vaccinated or is immunocompromised, we're going to protect them because now we're all not certainly sick. So that's the theory, the idea. Is it happening in theory, though? Is it actually happening? It, do, it's, it does for some of these things that we're doing. So we, we don't see chickenpox. We don't see measles. Um, we don't see some of these infections in high amounts anymore because the whole idea is to reduce caseload cases so that we can reduce people going to the hospital. Um, that's in itself, though, if we historically look at high caseloads and hospital visits, are they different from high caseloads and hospital visits to low case caseloads and hospital visits? That's another story. Um, so we have to look at history of that. But the idea then is that's the idea, is that we can uh, maintain that infection from not spreading because we are able to deal with it more rapidly. And so we won't give it to, you know, grandma. Um, but it still is, but in theory though, it doesn't seem to be the case in this case because it is, we are still able to transmit. As someone who's been vaccinated, you're able to transmit still give it and pass it along. And so again, the idea then is although as, as being vaccinated, it can still sp spread and pass, the person that gets it from you then, the whole idea is that they then had antibodies to deal with it better. They'll transmit again and keep transmitting. So we're still transmitting within the herd, 
But the idea then is now that the people within our herd can deal with it better mm. as they've contracted it, but still amongst, still within our community. So then it, we go back to, again, it depends on what you've done to yourself to be able to do with the infection. It still will always bank on that premise. Mm -hmm. and Wouldn't so you rather bank on yourself than like 7 right. billion other people? Right. You, you, yeah. right. I'm going to be, a, you know, when I'm driving down the road, I'm like, well, I, you know, if I'm in control of my car and so I'm going to be either defensive when I'm driving, cause like, okay, well, woo, I'm not going to get in that accident. Woo, I'm going to get that accident. But mm -hmm. if I just, if someone stops and I ran into them and like, oh, well, it's, be, it's because you were slowing down and, and I was looking at my phone. So you were in my, my way and therefore, you know, so it's like, no, 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 honey, you were on your phone and you crashed into me. It's your responsibility. That's why mm -hmm. you had a crash. You should have skirted around. So these are the things of the accountability piece. And while it, we want to blame because we don't want to take accountability, that's tough mm. taking accountability. Yeah. So it's easier to blame, so much easier to blame other people. But this is where here we are talking because I'm saying enough is enough. And you also, you need to start taking accountability. Is That's hard maybe for you to hear this one time, re-listen to this and know that it is for your benefit is why we're talking about this. It's for your benefit so that you do better when you, when you contract an infection, you're fine. You, you come out of on the other side doing well. I mean, we can get into long, long hauler syndrome, which is not a new concept, by the way, it's not new. Having that long hauler syndrome, that's Lyme disease. Welcome to Lyme disease. Those with, with, with Lyme, Borrelia burgdorferi, it is years that those people are dealing with those types of symptoms or Burnell or Babesia or Epstein-Barr virus, mycoplasma pneumonia, wherever you want to go with this, a lot of these infections stay chronically within you or chronically keep affecting you. And you keep having these, you know, issues that you're having. And so for a long term or a long hauler. So, but we'd like to prevent that long hauler syndrome. So it depends what you're doing here will depend what happens here. And yes, genetics will play into here, but this is why we want to then up these things as a result because of your genetics or because of, you know, your history of when I catch something, the cold lasts for a month historically. Okay. I see some amino issues, then we need to help you out. So, yeah. Taylor, thank you so much. Oh, you're Honestly, welcome. here's the thing. The take-home message is people is when you know better, do better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, <laughs> right. You know, you can't unlearn this. Unfortunately, you've heard it. Um, and you can just <laughs> shooting them out there. Ping, ping, ping. And if you don't know, now, you know, <laughs> you know. and you may not have known this and that's okay. That's you it. don't know what you don't know. So we're here to educate you. I mean, that's what doctors yeah. do is to educate. And I am trying to empower you, although I'm, I'm, I'm really strong about this because I want you to hear it. We take it all home and like wrestle with it, you know, and then you're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, I guess what I do to me affects me. So I better, me better get, get it together. And cause I want to do better. I want to feel better. You want to feel vibrant. You know, we're going to get sick. I want to get over it like that. Great. Um, yes. But I got to do the things. What are the things? We just talked about the things. So, yeah. <laughs> love it. This is a great awesome. conversation. Much love to all of you. I mean, I just, I do this out of love, passion, yes. passion, but I do this out of love. Um, and because I just, 
no one on TV is telling you these things. And um, so this is where you're going to hear it. So, yeah. The brave, the smart. Taylor Bean, thank awesome. you so much again. Thanks, guys. Thank okay. you. Cool. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus Focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada.